What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Extra Point Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. As always, it's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and quite possibly the unluckiest sports fan on the face of the earth, Jones, because, I mean, first it was Kristaps getting traded, then it was Odell getting traded, and then just when things were looking up for Jones, thinking the Knicks were probably going to get the number one pick. They got shafted and got the third pick. Dave, we were worried about you. We didn't hear from you for a little while after that uh, draft lottery. How are we hanging in New York? Are you holding up? Well, you forgot about all the Yankees going on the DL. You know, three, oh, yeah, that's three right. quarters the of the state going on the injured list. Um, but, yeah, I mean, last night was fucking pretty disappointing. Um, you know, I, we talked about it today, but, like, it's, it's, it's funny. The two poorest teams in the league followed by the two – uh, most valuable teams in the league and the two biggest markets. It's quite an interesting four. Um, you know, one fucking time in my life, just once, literally once in the history of the Knicks, my basketball life, can I get at least what I was deserved? I wasn't even asking to move up. Like, past years, I'm like, one time, can we just move up four spots or three spots? Like, we fucking deserved last night. And we were, like, the real, for real worst team. Like, we weren't, like, the worst team that, like... You know, just like a bad team that like was trying to tank. Like we were for real the worst team last year by by a good margin. And to, for us to everyone's like, oh, the Knicks like it's it, it's not that bad. Like you know, like, it could have been worse. Like yes, it could have been worse. I I obviously understand that. And I'm at the end of the day, like I would have killed someone if it was four or five. But like, <laughs> fucking, we deserve the first pick. Like we we fucking the worst team wasn't even close. Like, fuck off. We deserve the first pick. I don't care that we're about to sign two fucking superstars. Like, fuck you. We wanted Zion. Now he's going to go fucking rot in New Orleans. Like, he's seen the blueprint. They got a player better than him, potentially. Most like more. It's very low chance Zion is going to be putting up Anthony Davis numbers, no matter how exciting or electrifying he is at times. So, we, we it, they, can't, they can't do it in New Orleans. We, we've seen it. Um, you're, but you're Griffin, gonna, David Griffin, you love David Griffin. I do love David Griffin, but it's not if just. If anyone a, could do it, it's him. I, I agree, but at the end of the day, New Orleans isn't marketable. They have the lowest attendance in the league, or second lowest attendance. They're the least valuable team in the NBA, and we've seen what they can do. Are they really t- the least valuable? Yeah, yeah. Worse than less than Memphis? Yeah, Memphis is second. Oh, and. I believe the Pelicans are either the worst or second worst in attendance behind the Nets. I just, the way I'm looking at it is historically, you know, they're trying to get rid of, you know, the tanking and that's why your odds were so bad uh, at 14% only. And it actually could have been, you know, I don't want to say it could have been worse because you're saying that, but 46%, your highest percent chance was to get the fifth pick technically. Yeah. Um, Fucking riddle me that one. Like someone asked you, you're fucking the logic behind this question. They got the worst team in the league has a four times better chance of getting the fifth pick than they do the first pick. The wh- how the fuck is that logic? It's so easy to tank in basketball. You know that. 
It's so easy. It didn't solve anything. People are saying, oh, because a bunch of middle round guys moved up this year. Middle of the lottery people moved up this year. It solved tanking. It didn't solve shit. Everyone was still trying to lose at the end of the year. It's fucking the I way think it goes. It to a degree. I think anytime I think there's a, if the middle, any advantage. I think the middle of the pack will, will continue to. I think the middle of the pack is going to tank now, but I don't think people are going to try and tank to the very worst. I think they're going to say if they're at 25, 28 wins, 30 wins, they're going to say, fuck it, we're fine, we're in there. But. The teams that are anywhere from a seven seed lower, I think it'll discourage uh, competitive play for the seventh and eighth spot. I don't think teams are going to want it. So I think it's like a double-sided coin there. Yeah, um, exactly. But, Maybe those would rather be at ten. Look what the fucking Lakers did. You know, like. But it's yeah, just it, it's it's as long as there's an advantage, it's going to happen. Historically, uh, this is why I don't think Zion's in that bad a spot because historically we look at, you know, one of the worst teams or the worst team will get the best player in most sports. And you're going to a really bad team. And this may be a very bad franchise, but it's not a bad team. You talk about Drew Holiday, Alfred Payton, Julius Randle, Davis, if they convince him to stay. And if not, then you're going to turn that into possibly Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram in the fourth pick. So, I mean... This for you know for a number one pick, he's coming into a situation which is I mean the Knicks could have been great obviously with Durant and, and Irving, but for most you know if he would have went to you know I don't know let's say even the Wizards or Cleveland or another team they would be bad for a while. Like they can be a decent team, not a not not a championship contender, but they they have the pieces to be a decent team. And Julius Randle looks just like him and plays just like him. I mean, I'm I'm pissed he went to New Orleans, but if he went to fucking the Lakers or the Cavs, I would have blown a fucking gasket. The yeah, well, Cleveland, that... a city has never deserved something less than the Cavs did a draft pick last night. And I'm not talking oh, about the first the... pick, I'm talking about any fucking draft pick. <laughs> they... How about Philly with Markel Fultz, Fultz and then Michael Carter-Williams and then every other guy they missed on. Well, yeah. Well, they've I mean, hit on they've hit on two. Danny Ainge fleeced the Sixers with that one. Yeah, they they hit on two, but Philly is Philly's made a mess of uh, Jaleel Okafor. They've they've just who else is who else was a big miss? Oh, uh, uh, Noel, Nerlens Noel. They've missed a lot. They've hit big on two. Well, not even that big on two. One guy can't make a shot. One guy can't stay healthy. But I know, but I, the the Cavs are literally o for. They're o for. Well, LeBron. they hit on LeBron and he fucking left. I'm saying they're over and keeping people happy. Obviously, we don't have the time frame to judge that with Philly yet. But it's just the, the Cavs have either fucked it up or fucked it up a couple years later. If, yeah, yeah, Bennett was the worst pick. I, I mean, I think we Bennett's all, the worst we, pick in in, in, a, in number one pick history. It's not a, it's not close. Yeah, not a b- debate. Don't give me Greg Oden. Greg yeah. Oden was good for a while. Greg, Greg Oden averaged twenty and ten when he when he was healthy. Well, I'm I mean, not even I, sure I, Anthony Bennett has twenty points total yet. There was definitely, obviously, some surprises in this top five here with the Lakers getting the fourth pick. They had, what, the 11th worst record end up with the fourth pick? It's unbelievable. I mean, that's that's, kind of unbelievable. They still have have room to sign a max deal. Nice fucking trade piece for the Lakers. There you go. Yeah, well. Gift to LeBron again. And then, I mean, I'm kind of happy with how things worked out. I mean, I wish Sacramento would have been worse this year so that pick would have been a little bit higher, but... Celtics ended up with the 14th, the 20th, and the 22nd pick. So three first-round picks probably 
I mean, it's not a deep draft, but you're still getting either three first-round picks or you're trading those for something else. You figure so. you'll hit on one of the three. Yeah, you got to I mean, this is like the year they drafted Marcus Smart. They drafted, I believe, we had two first-round, and I think we got Marcus Smart and Jared Sullinger. So, one the of them. The thing first. is, the Celtics have had a lot of picks, like, in the past few years. And other than really, like, Tatum, they don't really... I guess Brown, too, but they've had so many picks, I feel like they haven't hit on a lot of them. Yeah, they they have they haven't hit on a lot either. They haven't had, they've only had those two like premier picks. But even Smart, like he was third overall. He's not exactly like he's a nice player. I like Marcus oh, Smart. Oh yeah, Smart is considered. But, I would say maybe not. He's near a bust for a third pick. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not like, t- if you redraft Smart, that, like, he's probably say oh he's a really good hustle defender player. He's like a PJ Tucker type of player. That's not what you want for your third pick. But he's serviceable still. But just can't shoot really. Yeah, I mean, he has his role. He's a, he's a really good role player, and that's that's what he is. But you, yeah, the top, that's not what you draft three, three at. You're looking for a franchise-altering player. Top five, six, you're looking for a starter at worst, if not yeah. a potential all-star. And it's not until, like, you get top 10, 15, you want, at minimum, like, a, a role player. Yeah, anywhere in the top 10, you got to get a consistent starter, a career starter. Yeah. And he's just not that. And they haven't, you know... For all the talk around Tatum and Brown, like you know, you can argue this and that. Like they're... Tatum will be Tatum will be fine. It just people hopped hopped on the horse way too early with him. Yeah, they I were agree. saying he was going to be uh, you know an all star maybe this year and you know the next big thing and and everyone just needs to you know you know hold you know hold their horses on him. He'll be a very nice player, I'm sure, but he's got holes in his in his game. And then Brown, I, I'm not very impressed with Jalen Brown. Yeah, I mean he He's shows he shows was... flashes, but I mean it's not consistent. And you know Boston fans will say the the you know the Kyrie stuff, too many cooks in the kitchen, whatever you want to, whatever you know label you want to put on whatever happened this year. It's just next year's a proven year. Um, I'm it, sure they will be better on sheer minutes and volume alone, but um, it, there'll be a lot of pressure on that team to perform because they can't they can't use that cop out anymore. And who's your who's your go to guy now? Is it Gordon Hayward or is it Jason Tatum? I don't think they know even. Maybe I would. I they would think they would want. Hopefully, it's Anthony Davis. I think most Boston fans would tell you. Hopefully, they get that's Anthony Davis. that's like potentially disastrous. I just if they get him. Yeah, I just not not the, it, it the, is fact, the fact of them getting them. Not re- exactly. Yeah. Them, exactly. Reason. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not talking about necessarily if to play you, on the court. Get rid of, if you get rid of Jason Tatum, who's still only 20 years old. If you get rid of Jason Tatum, draft picks, and someone else for Anthony Davis, he doesn't resign. That's worse than Markel Fultz for Jason Tatum. It's it's gonna be Brown Tatum and and a combination of draft picks, just because the Celtics one don't have draft picks better than the people they're competing against in the Knicks and the Lakers, and two, their their actual assets aren't are arguably not as good as either of those teams players wise. So. Now you know uh, what Boston, who was you know the prohibitive favorite um, a year ago or six months ago, is not not even in the conversation now. Like or they're in the conversation, but like they're they're clearly not the favorite. No, yeah, they're not. They're not. How do you feel about that, Tom? The uh, trading for Anthony Davis and giving up Tatum Brown and a lot of your future. <sighs> I don't think it's worth Tatum. I think you need to keep Tatum. I think Tatum's going to be a special player. And, I mean, he's shown it. He came up big. Obviously, this year was just 
not a good year. I think Kyrie had a lot to do with that. I think he caused a lot of issues for the team and didn't allow the rest of the team to live up to their potential. He kind of took away from what they would be able to accomplish. You saw it last year in the playoffs. Without him, when you had guys like Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum going off in the playoffs and proving that they can play. We need to talk about moment. Terry Rozier's comments. That's why like, he's 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 just wild. He's off a yeah. rocker, bro. Uh yeah, he does some of the things he said. I mean, he's definitely a lot of truth behind to a lot of he said. But I mean, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what he he's doing. Right he's in a contract. He's, it's not yeah. It's not the content. It's the manner. It's the manner. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's he, just he has, a, he has a right to be upset with the deal he got this year, especially after how he performed in the playoffs last year, to have that decline in minutes and have about half the touches that Kyrie did when Kyrie wasn't producing half the time. Like, I I think that him leaving is going to be, which is a definite at this point. There's no way that Kyrie comes back. I think that'll be very good for this team. Whether Terry Rozier is still on the team, I don't know. I think I, mean, I think he buried that himself. I think they would have liked to have him back, but I think they're forced to not have him back because he not only named Kyrie Irving, he named Gordon Hayward. Yeah, and Brad yeah, Stevens, really. Tough. Yeah, that's tough. Be, yeah, so I mean, you're gonna call out the coach. You're gonna call out, you know, the guy with the, and they they referred to how the he referred to the contract, the money too. Like, uh, he's clearly paid too much. But once you start messing with. For yeah, the man's yeah. money, and you're on that team. I mean, for us and the analysts and the the media too, that's one thing. But once you're questioning the money um, of one of your teammates, I mean, say goodbye. I mean, they're locked into Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens. They they can they can dump Terry Rozier, who shoots 37 or 38 percent for his career, mind you. He's not very effective as a shooter, but they did play well as a team with him last year, obviously. But they can get another serviceable point guard, and that's what I think they'll do. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I mean, uh, a big thing that I've been thinking of lately, I don't know that it'll happen because I think he's probably just going to sign back in Charlotte for a ton of money. I just but I was going to say that, too. I could see them making a real like chase at Kemba Walker. I could see them making like making a pretty decent offer to Kemba Walker and hoping they can get him to come here. And I think, I mean, he'd fit in well. He's a good shooting point guard. He's a good team player. He doesn't cause any problems. Everyone seems to like him. I think he would fit in well in the system. I really hope he leaves, whether it's the Boston, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's the Knicks. I, I just I really hope for his sake. Watch out for the Mavs in that. And the Mavs. Yeah. I don't, oh, I, if you went I, to I the Mavs, give me another, give me another contender or – Decent team out of it because I'm I'm Kemba I'm deserves the, it too. Charlotte, he deser- Kemba deserves it too. He, he hasn't said it. shit. Yeah, he's fucking been team player. Kind of think that he'll return there, but like they made the playoffs one or two years, lost to the Heat. Like that's when the East was real weak. You had Charlotte and the Heat as like four and five seeds. It was really embarrassing then. I mean, yeah, I think it, they can definitely they'll be able to offer him enough money. Where especially with Kyrie not going to be there. I think they'll be able to offer him enough money where they'll he'll give it a real consideration to come. And I think with him, they'd be more of a contender than they were this year for sure. If you keep you get you're still gonna have Brown, Tatum. You're gonna have Al Horford's looking to restructure to come back. I think that if he if Al Horford can restructure his contract, take a pay cut and come back for what he's worth now, I think that that could put the Celtics. Why would in really he just Why would he just leave thirty million on the table? Like, that's a player option. They can't do shit. (laughs) Yeah, but he's talked about taking a pay cut. He literally said he would be willing to do it. Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah, well, he knows. I think he knows. I think he wants to win. 
and I think he knows that he's they're not going to be able to get the pieces to win if he's making. So basically, that much. he's gonna he's gonna take a pay cut in order for an extension. Yeah, exactly. He wants like two or three more years, but he's gonna take the pay cut in order to do that, and they'll restructure that way. I could. I could see another team I see making a run, not saying that he'll go there. I could see the Lakers and LeBron making a big run at him once they don't get, once they likely don't get Kyrie. Kemba? Yeah, I think they'll yeah, make a big I could see that too. I think they'll make a big run. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know where he'll go. He could go, you know, if, if somehow it doesn't work out with Kyrie and the Knicks, if he chooses the Nets somehow, which seems to be a possibility according to who you talk to, I don't think so, but... Maybe, you know, he could slide in there. Um, he could go to the Mavericks, as Dave said. He haven't really heard Boston's name, but it, it would make sense. And then the Lakers. I'm sure LeBron would be the first one calling him. And I don't know what he thinks of LeBron. I have no clue, honestly. But You know that yeah. uh, Kemba Walker has never beaten LeBron in his entire career? Jesus. Literally never so once. He, he may have some revere for him, or he might fucking hate the guy. That's crazy, though. I'm just saying, like you never, like a player that good never once. They've been like in the league together game? for ten. He's zero and twenty nine against him. The oh one, the one time the Hornets beat them in the last like five years, Kemba didn't play. Wow. So, so he's literally think? never been on the floor. For you think? A... I mean, I don't know. If I'm not. No, him. I'm I not. I, I I'm not counting that out at all. Um. I just think I just think I just thought it was a funny stat. It's a queer, it's a weird stat. Yeah, that is real weird. Yeah, I um, I don't know, but we have we have so much time to talk about this free agency stuff. What's more pressing is the playoffs, which have been awesome so far. Aside from that Celtics Bucks series, the playoffs have been awesome. I mean, Ka- uh, Kawhi taking that shot. Was... Yeah, Kawhi. I mean, I was watching Game of Thrones at the time, but Amazing. I actually saw it on my phone I, I i i had it under the covers i had it while i was at my friend's house and you know phones aren't really a thing watching game of thrones so i saw like they, jimmy butler made the layup and i'm like all right then then they win and i'm like what and i didn't see it till like 11 30 or something and man that was that was one soft rim and one soft touch by Kawhi there talk about yeah, that, brutal that was one of the highest shots i've ever seen and like you saw i wasn't watching it in real time, I only saw it after, but I mean the replay. I feel like definitely did. I could justice. not believe it. I like I saw it bounce up and then bounce and then bounce and then bounce, right over over Sim- Simmons and over Embiid. Yo, there are uh, there are people on the internet. And I'm sure you guys saw this headline today, but people on the internet insinuating that the ball was brought through the rim by the use of magnetic force, artificial magnetic force. In, you know, I think? in other words, they're insinuating the NBA <laughs> has magnets, I, I suppose, in the ball and the rim that propelled that ball to go through. And that's why it. I'm trying to figure out the – I'm trying to find the exact fucking headline because I read it and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, or or oh, okay. or Kawhi is just the baddest man on the planet. <laughs> Here's the headline: Internet truthers believe Kawhi Leonard's game winner was pulled through the hoop with magnetic missile technology. And do all of these internet truthers live in Delco? Or <laughs> I have no idea. It there's a, a YouTube that that posted it and insinuates it. Um. People, there's a, you know a few people that are talking about 
scientific stuff in the, in the qu- uh, comments um, talking about like loss of uh, force after the first bounce and stuff like that. It's it's you know it, I'm not in any way buying it, but it's just it's insane how <laughs> I just read that headline. I was like, you what? Like, yeah, that's so fucking stupid. back up like ten steps and fucking start from the beginning. Because how the hell did we get to here? Now, now what's the verdict on Joel Embiid crying? Uh, I don't hate it. I mean, he the I didn't mind I don't it. Hate it. I didn't have any issue with it actually. Bro, he's an ugly crier. He is. I thought no, I was it wasn't crier. pretty, and it was crier. it was very much in the limelight and everything, but. He just, I think coming from him, I I really don't have a problem with it because he's the type of guy that doesn't take care of his body, doesn't seem to not care, very nonchalant. Uh, the way he talks, I think he showed a lot of lack of maturity this year, especially with the elbow to uh, Allen and laughing in the press conference. I thought that was Bush League. I know Simmons started laughing first, but that didn't sit well with me. Um, I just don't think it's appropriate when we're talking about head injuries um, to laugh and stuff. So I think I think it was a good... Um, awakening for him that wow shit just got real he just canned it right in my face right over me and uh, I actually do care whether the you know a lot of the public seems to believe that I don't me maybe I don't care I'm playing sick I'm playing injured and I'm getting shit for it and he just let it all on the table so I really if anything I, I like to see that from him coming from him hey, if you're crying every game you're a pussy you don't do that obviously but the one time I thought it was nice to see from him there. If I'm a Sixers fan, if I'm a Sixer, I think that's all right in that situation. I think I'd probably feel different if I was a Sixers fan, and I'm not in any way crucifying him for it. But I don't need it. I, I don't need it. I could do without it. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to praise him for it. I'm also not going to bury him for it. I just. I don't need it. Take care of it in the locker room. I, I'm a in-house type of guy in in most situations. I understand emotions are emotions, um, but I mean I, I'm more indifferent on it than I was. I was you know kind of cracking jokes when it first happened, but you know I understand. But I don't need it. You know I think every crying situation is different. I don't want to blanket all of them. Um, but you know at the end of the day he's. He's crying because he lost, and he's crying. I get you put in all this work all year, but like, so did 478 other guys, you know. Like, it, but me, to me, it was the way over his fingertips, the way the ball bounced, just like. Welcome, welcome to the show, big guy. Or something in a game seven, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I'm not gonna crucify him for it. I just don't need it. I don't. I'm not. I'm indifferent on it, but you know, if it as a on looking fan, I don't need it. You know. Let me hear, let me read Brian Winhurst or Woj's tweet that you are distraught in the locker room. Uh, I'm good with the rest. Yeah, now what do you guys think about uh, these series? Obviously, the Warriors beat the the Trailblazers pretty good last night. Right now, the Raptors lead 40 to 30 with eight minutes to go in the second quarter of Game One. I think the Raptors stand a good chance of beating the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks obviously have to be the favorite in that series. They've been all. the best team all year. But they're, the Raptors stand a real chance, especially if they steal this game Game one. Yeah. I mean, that also happened last series, so. Yeah, but the Raptors are a better team than the Celtics. I think I, I've, I just turned the game on now. I think the Bucks will, will get this game. I haven't seen any of it. But 
I don't know. The Bucks just have too much scoring for me. I don't think Toronto will have enough scoring. I don't know. I I don't buy Kyle Lowry. Siakam's gonna have to have a monster series game, whatever you want to call it. The the Bucks just have so many defenders and three point shooters. Middleton, Brogdon, um, Miritich, not a defender, three point shooter. Lopez, very good defensively this year, actually, three point shooter. Um, Is Divincenzo back? What? Is Divincenzo back? playing or is he still done i don't he's not even like in the he's not even in the rotation or whatever yeah um i don't know what's going on with him but like he was in the rotation early on then he got hurt i don't know if he's i, I don't think he's on the roster um, i saw him on the bench a couple weeks ago great, quickly sh- cut to a six point game five point game but i don't know like brogdon's back he shot 50 percent from the field this year 40 percent from three he's a stud i mean i i think they're just too much i actually I like the Bucks in five or six games. I really, I think just Kawhi's carried them too long, kind of, kind of like Dame, like Dame in the first series with the with the uh, Blazers taking a toll. Yeah, I think the Bucks will probably win, but I don't know. I think they, I think they probably take it six, maybe seven. I think it'll be a good series. Oh, some people do. They're a very good defensive team. I just think. I just think I, I don't see where who's going. Kyle Lowry is just so inconsistent. He doesn't really score. Um, Van Vliet's, you know, not your. Sc- I mean, I don't really. I just don't see where the scoring's coming from. Siakam and Kawhi. I just don't. Other than that, Danny Green's been very quiet. Yeah, he's been very. He's a very good defender, but he's just. He's like your poor man's Clay Thompson. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good. He's kind of like you know, he picks his spots, runs around screens, runs baseline, and like spots up, doesn't complain. Very good defender. Yeah. But, so you guys think it's gonna be Bucks Warriors though in the final? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bucks Warriors. But I was surprised last night going to the fourth quarter. They're shooting uh, the Blazers are shooting thirty five percent from the field, seventeen turnovers, and they're down six. It felt so weird. It felt yeah. So what it, well, it what a like, difference it is without KD. What a difference the Warriors. The, the ball movement is. They had three isolation plays last night, and they normally average nineteen a game with KD. It's it's night and day. Even though it's hard to say they're like a better team because. They don't. They they don't really have the capability of blowing. They were. They didn't blow them out as much as the score. If you didn't watch the game, they didn't blow them out at all. It was eight points. Right. It just got. It got away late. And, yeah. And Portland literally played the worst game they could have. They couldn't have shot better. They turned it over twenty-one times. They shot thirty-three percent from the field. Lillard was horrendous. It was embarrassing for Damian Lillard last night. Um, maybe as a hamstring injured, but if he. He, he really is going to have to answer some questions if he continues to play this bad after he did in Game 7, and C.J. McCollum bailed him the hell out. Um, C.J. was bad. And the pick-and-roll defense, they literally weren't having the big come up. They Every time, they had the big drop, and Curry or Clay would have a wide-open layup for them from three because they'd go over the pick. Looney would set a good pick, and he'd make a. they would shoot a three-pointer. They'd shoot a three-pointer, which is a layup for them. <laughs> it, was, it was it was actually incredible. I, I, and like Terry Stotts, I think is one of the best coaches in the league. If he can make that adjustment, trap Steph, double Steph, I think they have at least a better chance. All right, double. Yeah. Give, it, give it to Looney or Draymond at the top of the key. Better than a wide open three for Steph and Clay. It was just it was so weird to see. 
And then again, it wasn't a 30-point game. Like I felt it was a 6-10 point game most of the game. Yeah, I hope it's uh I hope the the other games are closer. But. It'll probably I think realistically it'll be I think realistically it'll end up going six. But and also I think they are tired. Uh the Denver altitude game seven, emotionally physical draining two days before. Yeah, coming uh, back in game seven. <laughs> but really tough series in, in Denver. Not an excuse, but they just look they look tired. Yeah. Dave, you're muted, buddy. Your thing is muted, Dave. Of course. I had to do it once this time. Um, uh, if Portland, if they just, like, they got, like, Evan Turner. If they could just turn Evan Turner into, like, a, a better contract, a better player, like, a, a guy that can actually consistently help them. Like, 18, 19 million, that's, that's a pretty good player. Um, it's not Evan Turner. And <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. I just think they have, like, they've gone so far for a team that, like, doesn't have the best like isn't like uh ran to its its optimal potential you know he, the thing is he's playing well too he's a, he can handle he has played cards. well and he played well he's in the game seven ball well and like i'm sure that's the main reason he's playing because of his experience and passing abilities over like a jake layman who i like but yeah the 18 million dollar contract kills them but zach collins he's one of my favorite players in the nba now and myers leonard contracts too Yo, this guy's tough. I don't know if you guys have watched the playoffs. Whenever there's a fight or something happening, he's the first one pushing people. He's the first one, like, getting <laughs> and He's, like, literally the first guy. He's the skinny guy. He put on a little muscle. He should be a junior at Gonzaga. And he's literally putting up, like, 10 and 6, 5 block, 4 or 5 blocks the last couple games before this game. He's, I think he's going to be a real good, real good player, more than a role player eventually. What is he, 20, 21? I mean, yeah. And Rodney Hood's been great for them too. Yeah, Rodney yeah. Hood's had a resurgence. I'm a fan of Rodney Hood. I think I think playing with LeBron really screwed with his head. Um, LeBron, you know how he can be. He's he can he change can, the record. Yeah, and because uh, remember on Utah he was good. Yeah, he was that one B to a uh, Hayward, scoring wise. Yeah, him yeah. and Gobert. So I mean, they did get a lot better in Cancer. They did get a lot better. It's just that's basically as good as the roster can get right now with those contracts, as you said, Dave. Yeah, I just wish they had the opportunity to get better. Yeah. But let's move on, guys. Let's defend the wall a little. So you get to go first this week. Why don't you pick uh, A through D? Uh, B. B. Ooh, Sully, Tiger. He's going to win the PGA Championship this weekend. I'm one. so glad I got this and not Dave. It's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, clearly I'm a big golf expert, psych. But, I mean, Tiger's hot right now. He he, he he took off. He took off last tournament. He knows what he's doing with his body right now. He's not going to try and play in every tournament. He knows his goal right now is to catch Jack, at least time at the minimum. He, he Obviously, we know about the back fusion. with uh, with he, He's trying to keep his body fresh, stay mentally prepared. That's what he's doing. That's why he took off last tournament. Um, you know, so we know he'll be fresh. Um, he's the betting favorite right now. I don't know what is he minus seven hundred or something minus eight hundred. Um, no, no, I mean plus seven hundred, eight hundred. So, um, you know, he's won there before. You gotta, you gotta like his chances as much as anyone, because we always said if he get, if he could just get that one out of the way, and he did finally, and it being the Masters, the just the way everyone crumbled around him, whether it was Brooks Kepka, whether it was Molinari, it's just that that fear that. Just, 
tiger strikes in you. Once once he passes you, it's over. You, you are he's your child idol. You're just demoralized. And if he gets it rolling again this weekend, watch out. It could be two, and it could be three again. Um, so I think he's got a good shot. I don't know what Dave wants to add on to that. Yeah, man, he's gonna he's gonna win. <laughs> he's, gonna gonna win. win. he's gonna win. He's gonna win every tournament he ever plays in ever again. <laughs> I love it. All right, Dave, A, C, or D? Uh, D. D. Oh, this is – we got a couple revolving around this guy. This one's a little more far-fetched, but it's something I saw today, and it's something that, you know, might not be the craziest thing, but Zion's going to say, fuck it. He does not want to play in New Orleans. He's going back to Duke for his sophomore year. Oh, dude. I love it. Oh, wait, d- just Duke, or he's just not going to play in New Orleans? No, he's going back to Duke. He's saying, fuck it, I'm going to go put another year in, go win that natty, and then I'm going to come back with the draft, get drafted to a better team or a better place for him. All right, well, I mean, this is it's pretty simple. He hasn't signed an agent or a shoe deal or any other endorsement yet. That's not on accident. The guy was waiting to see what happened last night. And if he didn't like the team... He's got a whole slew of options because he hasn't done any of that yet. And a lot of guys have signed agents by now. And a lot of guys have taken money from places because, you know, as soon as that tournament ends, they're certainly not going back to fucking class. So um, I just think it's it's a real possibility he says no to New Orleans. Like I mentioned before, he's seen the blueprint with Anthony Davis. He doesn't want to spend the next seven years of his life in a place that hasn't has not only not proven that they can't do it, but they have a bad track record in this exact same situation. So I think it's perfectly logical for him to consider that. And if it's go whether it's going back to Duke or, you know, and put another hundred K in the bank from coach K or whatever it is, um, or, <laughs> or going, you know, people talked about going to play for the national team for a year or, um, forcing the Pelicans to trade the pick. I mean, we've seen it in other sports. We've seen it with Elway. We've seen it with Eli, um, even Bird. So it's not unprecedented. And for a guy like who knows what LeBron would have done if it was anyone but Cleveland. Like he went home. You know, if it was someone else, if he got to Milwaukee or you know Sacramento or something, maybe it's a maybe LeBron tries something like that. But I, I just think in today's day and age, like it's it's a real possibility he. He's like the most likable guy ever, first of all. And everyone just wants to root for him. If if he says, I'm not playing for you, everyone's going to get it. Like, it's just, everyone's going to, and if they don't get it, they're going to forget the second they see him dunk on whatever team has him. And it's honestly, it's not, it, if I'm the Pelicans, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. You could turn Zion into another, you getting the third, fourth, fifth, whatever pick, of a team, you know, maybe the Chicago, the the he's probably only going to accept the Knicks, Lakers, or Bulls at this point, um, and those are the only teams with realistic options. But you get the the third, fourth, or seventh pick, along with one or two other young guys, along with one or two draft picks. Any competent GM has got to take that into serious consideration. I mean, you're talking about four or five assets for one guy. He could be great, but. At the end of the day, is one guy, and you're getting. You might not get that for Zion or for Anthony Davis. Imagine they could get a better package for Zion Williamson than Anthony Davis. They would. It's a real possibility. Yeah. They, 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 100% would, because of Anthony. Then certainly with Davis not resigning. 
I mean, if you're let, take let's go team by team. You're the Knicks. Uh, you could give them the two. You give them the third, and you also give them the two picks you got from Dallas. That's three first round picks, and you throw in a a, a young player, whether that's uh, Knox, Nidalekina, Dennis Smith, Dotson, uh, or a combination of the two. How do you not say yes to that as as the Pelicans GM? That's hard. That's three first round picks in the next four years. And you're only to move back two spots. And a young player who was drafted last year or the year before. I think it definitely makes sense on the court. I think the, where it comes into is off the court with how much money um, he could make them and how many people he's going to bring into the seats. I think that's the reason they would say no whenever we, which may, which well, may the, not be the right this reason. Is in a, this is in a scenario where he says, like, I'm not coming. Like, this is going to get okay, ugly. Okay, yeah. The, yeah. we're, we're working on that pretense that he's he's pulling an Eli Manning. Hey, I I definitely could see that. Um, Sully, uh, you got two left. I believe it's A or C. You're muted, big guy. Well, we at least can't hear you. I don't think he's muted. I see he's not talking. Talk. Oh, yeah, he's muted. Ah, shoot. This is our life, people. All right, well, hit me with it. I'll go. I'll go in the meantime. A. Yeah. All right. A. Uh, Dave Kawhi is gonna resign in Toronto. Ooh. Uh, interesting. I think. I think at this point, it's uh, it's down to the the Clippers and the the Raptors. Um, you never know. Maybe the Lakers sco- scoot in there uh, with tampering Bron Bron. Uh, always having his ways or, you know, putting mind tricks on Kawhi or maybe those some of those magnetic missile-launching basketballs or something. But at the end of the day, um, I think Toronto's done a lot in the last six months to really have Kawhi in a position where he could he could want to stay long-term. Um, I think it, obviously it has to do with what happens in this series. A lot of people were talking about, oh, that that shot is, is something that... Um, that's like the type of moment that's going to keep him in in Toronto, and it's just like, yeah, but that shot's going to be forgotten at the end of the series. Like, great, you you hit a game winner in the second round. Like, it's a moment. It's a cool photo. It's one of the coolest photos come, ever come out of the NBA. But at the end of the day, people are going to remember that photo longer than they remember the moment. You know, people are people are in like fifteen years going to be asking like, oh, I know that picture, but where was it from? Like. Oh yeah, Kawhi it was that one season on the Raptors that he had. Like, it's just uh, at the end of the day, it's going to take a lot for him to to stay. I, I don't know. Are the Raptors better than the the Sixers or the Clippers without Kawhi than the Clippers with Kawhi? I don't know that right now. And the 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 the, the Clippers have an ability to sign two max players, so one more, including Kawhi. Uh, I don't I don't think Siakam or Lowry is as good as any of the top six to eight free agents on the market this year and if the Clippers which I think they do I think they attract two a Kawhi and one other um my my guess is Jimmy Butler um that they got a they got a they're in a great spot and they're they're better than Toronto if they the Clippers get two stars and return most of that team from last year they're they're flat out better than Toronto without Kawhi and I just think he needs to realize that, and the the power is clearly going to shift to the Eastern Conference this off season. Um, you're going to have, you know, most likely Durant and Kyrie teaming up in New York. Brooklyn has a max spot; they're going to get better. 
Philly might lose a guy, but you know it could be addition by subtraction. Um, they'll still have some money to play with. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of people that a lot of teams that get good in the East, and and Toronto might be one of the ones that is not going to get good. And Kawhi could notice that. And you know if they can't do it now, they're certainly not going to do it next year, or the year after, with that many more cooks in the kitchen. So I, I think the ending of this year has a lot to do with it. Um, but you know if they if they can beat the Bucks, then I think he's got a real shot of staying because he'll he'll believe. My back. I like it. So you like, are back. Yeah, you're he back. Is One back thing I'll add on to that, uh, I do agree. But it, but just with him leaving, it's like he's carrying the team so much. Like he needs to want some help. Like he's just carrying the team. It's him or they lose. Yeah, but they can't afford help. It's not like if Kyle Lowry's putting up twenty and ten a game, and like Siakam's been a complete beast. Like maybe he considers. Maybe he's like, all right. You know, with that, they may go to the finals. But. They're not. They're not. The supporting cast isn't there. All right, hit me with it, Tommy. All right, so so. Oh, I just remember what it was. Okay, so the Pelicans are going to trade the number one pick, and you can tell me to who and for what. Jeez. Um, I just gave you the blueprint, Sully. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I don't know if I want to. If I don't want to, I don't. I can't speak. I don't want to know if I want to copy that. All right. Uh, the Pelicans are going to trade the number one pick to. All right. Yeah, I, I'll go with the Knicks. I'll go with the Knicks. They'll trade for. They'll trade for the third pick, so they'll be getting R.J. Barrett most likely, Knox, Dennis Smith Jr. I guess what Dave just said in the two first round picks. It's it makes the most sense. They they don't want to deal with the Lakers. They made that clear with the Anthony Davis trade. And they have the fourth pick. The Knicks have the third pick. So there's nothing really advantageous there other than Brandon Ingram, who's injured. Kyle Kuzma is their their shiny piece who can't play defense. Um, And then, so it it would make the most sense for the Knicks that he wants to, we assume he wants to play for the Knicks. So, um, you know, three first-rounders, like Dave said, then... Knox, Dennis, and Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. is a solid combination. Dennis Smith can still be good. Um, people wrote him off very soon. He's only played two years. He showed some signs at the Knicks. Knox had a very rough year, to be honest, but um, he should still be a sophomore in college. He's young. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a good player. He's gonna be a good starter at the minimum. Um, although he struggled. I mean, you gotta you gotta know it was on the Knicks. They didn't have much. He was more of a second option rather than a third, fourth option where he should be at this time in his career. So I wouldn't put too much stock into shooting percentages for uh, players coming out of one year out of college. But, um, yeah, like what Dave said, that's that's probably the most likely pick and where both parties will be willing to, unlike with the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, think of the package they could – think of the return they could get combined for AD and Zion – Dealing Zion to the Knicks and AD for the Lakers to the Lakers, they still come out with the three and four picks in this year's draft, and minimum three to five young players to go with. You're getting you're getting Knox, you're getting DSJ, and you're getting two of three of Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, and additional minimum three first round picks. So you get three young starters at worst and. Three first round picks. The only thing at that point is, uh, why would you even have Drew Holiday or 
maybe they look to Deal Holiday and do, do a complete rebuild from the get go. I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess they do. It would just be it would be so many picks and so many young players. They would. But be teams really do bad. like to have as much as it sucks for a player like Holiday. A lot of teams going through a rebuild don't mind having that one guy that's been there, especially if it's a franchise guy like Holiday. Yeah, kind of like Conley. Yeah, similar to just kind of carry the load and always have someone to like. He's a fan favorite. People come play. You watch need to have see. some players. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think that's like. If I'm David Griffin, like, how do you not, how do you not accept those deals? You know, you got two guys well, that clearly don't want to be there. in the coming in the coming weeks. They'll definitely be tested. I think that first, from what I've heard, Zion, like, he said that he does want to play there. Apparently, I think it was Mike Wilbon spoke to someone in his family. I think I heard, and he said that he does. Whether that's genuine or not, I mean, who knows? But um, I, I think the first deal of business is for him to try and convince AD to stay. I think they want to bring it all together at first. I think yeah. he's going to want to have Zion with AD, right or wrong. I think he's going to want to have Zion, AD, Randall, you know, uh, Drew, and just try and get it all together. Yeah, I mean, I think, but it was it was so quick after the Zion pick went, or the lottery ended yesterday, that it came out. Davis still wanted the trade. Um, it is, but I also think Davis doesn't. I don't think Davis could have said another answer. I don't because I think he would have been looked like a real fraud if he was like, "Yeah, I'm staying now because we got Zion." I don't. I think he is susceptible to being convinced. I do, which I didn't think before. But I think he would have been a total fraud if that he's just like, "Yeah, we got Zion. That's the difference. I'm staying. We got the first pick. Like, I'm fine. It's cool, guys. After wearing the shirt and everything, like, I'm back." It's like no, like. You can't just do that, like flip a coin, just because like flip a flip of a or whatever you want to call ping pong ball. Like, I think it would have been a really bad look for him. So I think if there's more dialogue and it's more, they're like, we want you back, and I think so, it, I, I just don't think it happened right away like that. Yeah, I mean, well, so there is a financial reason to me that AD's not saying because so uh, Nate Jones, uh, Jones on the NBA on Twitter was tweeting about it this morning, um, and he said or. Sorry, last night after the lottery, and he said, I don't expect Anthony Davis to change his tune. Um, I think the big reason AD won't give up the Zion experience, gives the Zion experience a try, is financial. If it doesn't work out and he still wants to leave Nola in 2020, he won't be able to sign with his new team under bird rights deals, which means he takes a significant pay cut. Also, the Lakers will not have space to sign him outright in 2020 as of now. They would have to deal one of their young guys. Um, and one other thing, keep in mind that might complicate plans that Nola will likely expect teams going after AD to take back some of their bad money. That complicates plans for teams trying to use cap space to add multiple superstars. In that case, would need third team to, third team to dump money. So that means you now have to bring in one of the terrible teams, like the the Hawks or the Orlando or you know one of those, or maybe you know uh, Washington or some. Someone who's clearly not going to be doing anything this year and can pick up an extra second rounder just for you know existing this year. Mm. That's very interesting. So I mean yeah. that that's like that that last part even complicates things for the Knicks and the Lakers and the Celtics any and even the legitimate teams that could trade for him. They, none of those teams are in a position to take on a bad cut. No teams like no team's going to do that. 
Yeah, it would have to be like the Wizards. Like, I don't even know the Wizards wouldn't even because they don't have the money. Yeah. Uh, I'm not assuming, you know, I'm assuming maybe it's, you know, like a, an 8 or a $10 million deal, not like a, you know, cause, just because the Pelicans would want to clear as much space as they could. Um, Julius Randle's contract. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just think it's, uh, I think he's still going to want to go. I think, I think if you had to put a gun to his head, he'd want to be in L.A. He hired Rich Paul for a reason. He didn't hire Rich Paul to get him to Boston or New York. He hired Rich Paul to get him to L.A. Yeah. Um, that's, that wasn't an accident. Like, you know, those guys don't, you know, my deal with LeBron, anyone in his crew doesn't make an uncalculated move. And that's part of the reason they get shit done. Cause every single thing they do is a chess move. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, t- I think it's, uh, inevitable. He eventually will end up on the Lakers, whether that's now or next year. Um, that's another thing. Like he's not signing, it's another reason I don't want the Knicks to trade for him because he's not signing an extension regardless. Even if he went to L.A., he's not signing an extension because it's bad for yeah. him. He can't sign it for for six months, first of all. And then, even then, he won't because it's a poor financial decision for him. He can make money more money if he goes into the offseason as a free agent and re-signs with the team he was already on. So he could tell the team, like, yeah, I'm, I'm re-signing. Like, I'm, for real, I'm re-signing. But, like, I'm actually not doing it, doing it until, until the offseason. And we saw what happened with Paul George. Um, we saw what happened with the, who's the other one who just did it. Um, whatever it could happen with Kawhi. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just no it's no guarantee, especially with a guy who's you know these top top guys who have proven to be as temperamental as anyone from an emotional and decision making standpoint. Um, you know, and you know, I've heard every rumor in the book that Katie's going to be a Nick, but until that fucking name's on the dotted line, like you can't trust, you can't a hundred, hundred percent trust anything um, with these guys. And same goes for Kyrie, same goes for LeBron, same goes for any of these top fifteen, twelve, fifteen guys. It's just, it's, it's just too much uncertainty, um, and that's that's another reason I think I'd rather the Knicks trade, I'd rather the Knicks trade assets for Zion than trade assets for AD. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a much smarter move. But before we wrap this episode up, let's talk a little baseball real quick because things are starting to get a little interesting as we get further into oh, the now season. Now that Boston starts let's winning do- some ball games, Tommy wants to talk baseball. Hey, I always talked baseball before. <laughs> and I told you I gave up on this team. And just as I started to give up on this team, they put my foot right in my mouth. And they have been absolutely killing it in the past 20 games. It's been fun to watch baseball again. But who, aside from the obvious people in Boston who went from having one of the worst run differentials in the league to now having the fifth most run scored um, and a positive differential out of nowhere, but who else is hot? Who, who, who's your teams that are hot? Who's not? Let's go through, Dave. Who are you, who's your hottest team right now, Dave? I'm not allowed to say Boston. No. Um, I don't know. I mean – uh, I I, I want to say the Yankees. I know they're not like the hottest team, but they've they've been just. The, I can't get over what they're doing. They shouldn't be winning any games. They shouldn't. They should be one in forty in the last month. Um, and they just they they're staying afloat and they're winning games. I think what they won seven of their last eight series or eight of their yeah, last nine series. Yeah, and they're eight and two in their last ten. Yeah, they swept yeah. Orioles. I mean, like it's. It's it's hard to not say them, you know. Um, 
But we say I say the Astros. They're on fire. Yeah, the Astros. Yeah, George Springer too. George Springer having a fucking year. Yeah. What's he? He they're, hit two home runs today, eight, right? Eight or, in a row. They've won nine of ten. They're they were my World Series pick before the year, and they look. They added Michael Brantley. Man, Wade Miley was a good uh, pickup for them. He's pitched very well for them. Uh, I don't. He didn't garner much interest. I don't know why. But um, yeah, Springer's playing amazing. Correa's even playing good. I, I am not a Correa fan at all. He's never been good in the regular season or healthy. Correa, Springer, Altuve. I mean, we we know the the guys they have. I mean. Verlander's been amazing, as we we'd expect. Uh, Cole Garrett Cole's been all right, but I mean, they are scary. They they to me are are in a league of their own right now, and the Yankees may join them if they get wet if and when they get healthy. Um, but yeah, the the Astros I think are just I don't want to play. And and who's not hot? It's the Seattle Mariners. They are. Yeah. It's embarrassing. What? They started out, I think, sixteen and what was it, sixteen and three or? Yeah, they were so hot to start. The they're season. now twenty-two and twenty-three. <laughs> I mean, they've they've literally lost like, they've lost like twenty of like twenty-eight. Like it, it's embarrassing what what's happened to them. We know their their team isn't. It's a lot of comeback players. The Jay Bruce's, the Domingo Santana's, who's having a great year. The D Gordon's. Tim Beckham's. Oh, no. Players aren't going to do it for a full year, really. They don't really have much starting pitching. They lost Diaz. They lost Cano. I mean, they were just kind of a fluke like usual. But last year, they at least faked it for a while. This year, they're just... Oh, man. They're already below 500 after that amazing start. They were the best team in baseball the first two to three weeks. Um, don't, don't mean to get back to this, but breaking as of two minutes ago, uh, a picture was taken of... David Griffin speaking to Knicks GM Steve Mills and Scott Perry at the draft combine, huddled in a corner together. Huh. Interesting. So, carry on, but I feel like I I had to share that tidbit as it was tweeted out two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, Was that from yesterday? No, today. I mean, it's... I'm saying the picture. It's from today or yesterday? It says today. It says today. They're not and wearing. Where are they? I mean, they're all wearing like street clothes. They're not wearing like what they wore at the com- uh, the draft lottery. They're at the draft so you think combine. They're discussing Davis or Z- Zion. I don't know what they're discussing, but they're discussing something. Could be what they had for lunch today, but they're discussing something. <laughs> they could be discussing what they had for lunch today. Interesting. Ugh. Riveting stuff. But it is only those three. Riveting stuff. Riveting stuff. Yeah. Sully, your uh, Jets fired McCagnan today. Boy, I went off on that reporter before. The Jets beat writer, fucking trash. I I gave him, I don't tweet, I gave him a, 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 a piece of my mind. Everyone's going to make, the timing is awful. We, you know, we had free agency. We did, I thought, very well. The draft, don't think we had a great draft. We have a suspect edge rusher we didn't address the center position which i'm sure gates wanted to do and then we got quentin williams who's the best player in the draft probably overall um like every year we get someone that falls to us whether it's a jamal adams a a sam darnold and some people are like oh he's doing a good job but it's like who have the jets retained sheldon richardson's gone mahat wilkerson's gone 
Who have the Jets retained uh, past, like, a first-round pick? Uh, Darren Lee, we just traded, actually, for a six-round pick next year. Not too mad about it, honestly. He's been very disappointing um, to the Chiefs. He'll be good with the Chiefs. We had too many linebackers. But Gase and McCagden were uh, beefing. Um, Gase didn't want Bell, possibly, at all, or for the amount of money that we gave him. He didn't want T.J. Mosley for the amount of money, and we did overpay him, I admit, but he's a very good player, run stopper, which we needed. So it was clearly uh, arguments over personnel, and it's not surprising the fact that people... I had someone text me today, why didn't they fire Gase? I'd say, we just we just signed him. We just, I mean, we just hired him. He doesn't coach the game yet. <laughs> it's not common you, you hire, you fire a coach after a year, let alone he hasn't played a... Uh, you know, coached a game. I mean, McCagden was the clear one to go. It's just a little reminiscent of the Knicks and Phil Jackson after allowing him to draft, um, uh, what's his name? Nita Kina over DSJ, and then, you know, they, they fire him three days later. It's a little reminiscent to that, not to the extreme, but um, timing is definitely odd. But if they were having rifts in their relationships and it did hit the public, it did hit the media... Uh, you can only imagine when things got sour in the season. It's better now, believe it or not, than in the middle of the season. So if they if they realized it wasn't going to work, you got to do it. You got to do it as as soon as you think Gase. And Gase has a lot of power, but Gase almost had a winning record with Brock Osweiler, Ryan Tannehill, and Matt Moore as his quarterback. So I'm, I'm a Gase fan. I, I, I'm trusted in Gase. I mean... I know Dave does not think highly of those quarterbacks, and the fact anyone could be near 500 with them, I think, is pretty, pretty impressive. Um, I heard someone, Stephen A. Smith, sounding off. They haven't made the playoffs in the last two years. How are they? How are the Dolphins supposed to make the playoffs two years? They made the playoffs three years ago, miraculously. Like, I mean, Peyton Manning lives and dies by him. Cutler had his best year under him. Tebow had his best year under him. Peyton Manning had his best year under him. Like. Uh, I'm trusted in Gase. McCagden, I've seen enough of McCagden. I've seen enough of Bowles. Fuck that reporter, though. Yeah, you were a fan of that guy today. Give me his job. Yo, he literally said, one of the tweets was like, one of the tweets was saying like, oh, I think I've been fair to the Jets, but they've been a complete, he's like, they've been a complete uh, clown show and what was it? I forgot what it was. It was like, like they've been the, the clown show that we've known them to be the last few years. Like you're the beat reporter for the Jets, who I don't even know, and I'm a Jet fan. Like, and I'm not even, I'm not even upset to say that because he's so bad. Like I, I literally like he doesn't break anything for the Jets. He didn't break one Jet signing to my knowledge. It was Ian Rappaport or Schefter for everything. Who's and he writing for? You're trying to build a relationship with, you know, the new coach and the players. You think Le'Veon Bell's gonna want to talk to you? Think Adam Gase is gonna want to talk to you? I told my hope fucking for my Game of Thrones fans. I, I told my hope fucking I hope New Yorkers are gonna yeah, if they thought Russell Westbrook treated Barry Trammell bad, we're gonna be way harder and worse on him. As bad as Ramsey and his fucking dogs eating them alive. That's what it's gonna be like. <laughs> I, I, I I that's how we're gonna be. That's how New Yorkers are gonna be. This isn't this isn't this isn't you know Barry Trammell in the Oklahoma for you. And Russell Westbrook, Russell, you did. This isn't Oklahoma. This isn't Barry Trammell. This is this is New York fucking city, baby. And we'll fucking eat you alive. We'll eat you alive. And I don't think there's and a he better way. He's getting destroyed on Twitter, and I'm not a Twitter person. He's getting destroyed, and he should. Loser, total loser. 
maybe some things he's saying is right, but you just don't say that shit when you're trying to build a relationship with a new coach and a new whole set of players. Yeah, no, it's definitely not good practice at all. But I can't think of any better way to end the episode than that on a nice Sully rant about some dumbass reporter from New York. I needed it. I needed it. <laughs> he needed it. He needed it, and that's going to do it for us. As always, follow us on all the socials, Bleach Fan, Bleach Bookie. Go for it. Go follow. Have a good week. We'll catch you next time.